0: Oh, I got a reply. Who's it from? Is it from Anne Curry? No. Look, you're in Syria. I get it. But you can tweet a picture of your van so you can at least say hello. Hey, happy Monday, everyone. Uh, this is episode 23 of On Taking Pictures. We're, we're, we're trying something new. We're trying to... Record a day early? Are we going to do that for a while, or is this just a temporary thing?
1: I think that this is a temporary thing due to certain personal items, issues in my circumstances, circumstances right now. So, um, But it worked well last week. It worked. Last week was a monster. Huge Can we talk number. about that for a minute? Th- three times the listeners we had the week before.
0: Seriously. And we have no idea why. So if if last week... Uh, I think episode I twenty-two think it's because it
1: has, it has to do with Anne Curry.
0: Maybe. Uh, well, yeah. If episode oh. twenty-two was the first time that you listened, the first episode that you listened on taking pictures, would you write in and tell us where you found us, how you found out, how you heard about it? Because yeah. we're, we're literally just stumped as to as to why the uh, the numbers went through the roof, but they 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 did, and we're thankful for that.
1: Uh, Jeffrey's stumped. I'm just thankful. <laughs> Hey, you know what I did this week? Just as a weird little thing, you didn't have In and Out Burger. I oh, really you gotta you just gotta jab that knife in from California, this like four thousand mile knife. I keep um, wanting to
0: just send you some wrappers.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? I, I, it's funny because on Friday I had actual pizza. So you know you can suck uh, that. see that.
0: Okay, yeah, you get pizza.
1: There. Um, it, it was it was my partner Heather's birthday on Friday and uh she wanted to watch jaws and uh i had she never seen it no 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 she's seen jaws it, okay. it's it's sort of her birthday movie because when she was she was a couple weeks late or something and the, and her mother in order to induce labor went to see jaws with her brother or something like that
0: and it scared the heather out of her and <laughs> yeah and
1: she had <laughs> heather the next morning so it's sort of heather's birth movie nice yeah So yeah, it's a funny little thing. So Heather wanted to watch Jaws and she wanted to have a couple of her friends over and we wanted to watch Jaws. The problem is I don't, we don't have a TV, right? We have, I have a big 30 inch monitor, but we sort of are not TV people. We watch TV, but we watch it on the computer.
0: Which several years ago, just as an aside, several years ago, not too many years ago, actually 30 inch screen was a decent sized TV.
1: Funny enough. Yeah, it's true. Right. So yeah. it's not actually that bad. However, you know, everyone now has these giant, giant TVs. So anyway, we wanted to watch Jaws and I wanted to make it something better. So I called up uh, my friend, Dan, who I do circuitous conversations with. And Dan had a, uh, uh an old Epson projector.
0: Okay. Like and, one of the LCD. Yeah. And, yeah and,
1: okay. and he had, he has a new one that he like is his, but then he has his old one, which he just replaced and it was just sitting in his closet. So I asked if I could borrow it. So we had it for the weekend, and I projected it up on a nine-foot roll of background paper, like seamless. Okay. And so we had a nine-foot movie screen in That's our
0: awesome. living room.
1: And then I, I ran uh, audio and a couple of powered monitors, and it was like a movie theater in our living room. And That's it was, super cool. It was very, very cool, to the point where I'm seriously considering getting one of these and then having a movie night every couple of months or, you know, every month or so. No, what's what's the output?
0: What's the resolution on it?
1: That's the thing. This one is super low res. This one's like 800 by 600. So what was actually on the screen, like widescreen, is probably 800 by 400 maybe. So and not, it still looked great. I mean, it, it didn't look like, oh my God, I'm in a 4K theater.
0: Right. But it's better than like but, YouTube or something.
1: But it was, you know, hey, look, it's Jaws on a big giant screen. That's super neat. It was more than watchable. Uh, yeah. So we watched that and then we watched... Uh, uh, um, uh, Shaun of the Dead, and then great the new, movie new Doctor Who, and then we watched uh, uh, Downton Abbey last night. Which, okay,
0: what's the deal with this show? I, I Nikki watches this show, and I know I know actually a lot of people that watch it, men and women. Uh, 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 it's, what's,
1: it, it's a soap opera that takes place in nineteen twenty. That's what it is. Ultimately, okay. um, is it funny? Is it a drama? What no, it? it's very dramatic okay. and it's very British. No one laughs at all. And no one cries. People who are happy are just like, I am so happy. I can't tell you how happy I am and how happy this makes me. And you're just Ah. like, really? You don't sound that happy. But they're British. So you get that whole thing. I'm Um, more of a Jeeves and Wooster fan. Well, here's the thing, though, is that it's incredibly beautiful. Because they shoot at this old uh, stately mansion. And the grounds are beautiful. and It's it's done very, very well. Uh, Although the characters this year are getting a little annoying to my taste. But anyway, um, just very, very cool with the projector just as a weird little aside. Yeah. That's good neat. stuff. I, so I got to get spent, one of these things. I spent the weekend cleaning. That's not nearly as fun as watching uh jaws on a big screen.
0: It's not, but I, I feel a lot better about coming into the, the office here and, and doing things. Okay. I can find things now, which is nice.
1: I I'm all for that. Someday I, I'll clean.
0: Y- you know, it's a simple pleasures. I love a clean whiteboard. Really? I absolutely love a clean whiteboard because then I get to fill it up with stuff.
1: You should just get two whiteboards and then have one empty all the time just to make you feel I, better. I do. I have, uh, <laughs> I,
0: my closet doors in this room are, are whiteboards, the entire closet doors. It would, and it's, I still fill them up.
1: That's it. I always wanted to use that spray paint that does the chalkboard. Oh yeah. Anyway, look, we should get on to stuff. We have stuff to talk about. We have stuff. Who are we and what are we doing here?
0: Uh, yeah, this is a weekly podcast. We we should have said this at the top of the show. Uh, we're talking about art and science and uh, some opinion thereof about taking pictures. I have no images. opinions
1: of making images.
0: You have no. You have nothing no. but opinions of making images. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got some great feedback to talk about again we this do. week. Every week, uh, and we thank you for that. You want to you start out with Chris's licensing question?
1: Yeah. Let's see what we got here. We got uh, Chris Lupo wrote in asking a very good question. Uh, basically asked, uh, how do you come up with the price for licensing images? Uh, is there a source to refer to? Because I'm to- totally in the dark about this. So say you shot a photo of ice cream for Cold Stone. They were going to use it in marketing in 10 stores or so. What do you charge? Is that $500? Is that $5,000? just an example really anything mom and pop ice cream shop i've always been curious and i do feel like it's such a secret society when it comes to what we charge as photographers and chris that is true so there there really is no
0: like an aiga or something that has no guidelines there,
1: no, there is you just have to have the secret handshake
0: yeah <laughs> and the decoder ring
1: yeah um <laughs> <laughs> there there are uh there's software that help you that helps you do this stuff. There's, um, what is that one, uh, quote pro something or rather there's, there's software that helps you do this actually, if, if you're really serious about it. Um, And what
0: is it, what does it take into account? Like uh, potential number of eyes on it or where it's appearing? Yeah.
1: Region usage, whether it's online, offline, uh, whether it's unlimited, how much they can use it, you know, for how long it depends. Um, I have licensed pictures for a hundred dollars. I have licensed pictures for ten thousand dollars. So it's it really is a very large range. Um, usually, the funny thing about advertising photography is that it doesn't work the way a lot of people think it works. People who aren't in the advertising industry uh, think that you go take pictures for Coldstone, say, in this example, and Coldstone owns what you shoot. So you go shoot ice cream for Cold Stone, Cold Stone owns those images. It doesn't really officially work like that. Theoretically, they're paying you to take pictures of the ice cream, then they then have to license those photos from you.
0: So you still retain you, any and all copyright?
1: Theoretically, you yeah. You, I mean, there are situations in which people want a full buyout of a picture, but it's sure. fairly rare um, that that happens. Um, So there's this, there's this sense that sort of like they're, they're paying you. So you're there at the shoot and they're telling you what to shoot. But then those pictures are still owned by you most of the time. Uh, And then you're licensing them to the, to the company or whatever for X amount of dollars for X amount of years. Mm -hmm. When I usually do that kind of work, I usually put it sort of all into one price. So just as, as a, just to keep it, whatever, let's say a thousand dollars, I may charge them $500 to take the pictures and then $500 to license the photos for a year or whatever it is. Right. And Um, do
0: you gain anything going through, or if you're, what am I trying to say? Agencies like Redux pictures, let's say, do you gain anything having an agent or a representative kind of negotiate on your behalf or? Sure.
1: and, And a lot of times if they're bigger ad shoots and that kind of stuff, I have a I have an agent and a producer who do a lot of pricing kind of stuff because they're better at it than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm also terrible about sticking up for myself.
0: And is it worth it even even though you have to then pay – you have to pay them a percentage, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean hopefully they're going to make more money than you would make alone and get you more work and therefore it's worth the 25% or whatever it is. Okay. Um it's it's a it's a tricky thing though because I have for example let's say let's say some picture I took for some magazine. Um I in fact I got a phone call the other day for I took pictures of this one guy for one magazine, magazine A. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, this was say 3 4 months ago, magazine B wants to license a couple of those photos for the cover and interior of their next issue. Now,
0: wait, how did how did they see
1: they must have seen one of his pictures inside magazine A. Okay, I knew that I had got pictures. Or they talked to him and he said, "Oh, this guy Bill Wadman took pictures of me for magazine A. Maybe you could talk to him." Okay, so these photos have already been published. Yeah, this uh, well, not necessarily the exact photos they're they're choosing, but photos from that shoot have been published. Okay, um, I have sold usage of say those pictures of Malcolm Gladwell probably a dozen times. Okay, to different people. Um, so you know, they come to me and they say, how much is it for, you know, usage on the cover and inside the magazine or something. And this is where it gets really difficult. So this new magazine, magazine B, um, they have a circulation of, I think 25,000 or something like that, which is not huge for a magazine. Right. And it's sort of inside this whole thing. Now there are times when I would say to them, it's going to cost $500, right? Let's say,
0: and per image or locked? I don't know.
1: Let's, let's say just for purpose of this, say $500, you can have both of them, right? Okay. Say three fifty and and $150 or whatever. There are times when I will say that to a magazine, and will be like, whoa, that's way out of our budget. Like we were actually thinking like $150 or whatever. Then there are other times when I'm feeling sassy and pissed off where I'll say, no, it's going to be a thousand dollars. And the people will go, okay, fine. Where I probably could have asked for 1500 or you know what I mean? Right. There is such a huge range of what people expect to pay and are willing to pay, versus what you are going to uh, price them out at. That it becomes this very difficult game of trying to figure out what the company wants versus what you know what you're asking for and what they can sure. pay. Sure. Um I had an ad- advertising agency I've worked with before come to me and want me to shoot ads for a big restaurant chain essentially for free. And I had to find the people for the ads and all the rest of it as sort of a, if you do this for us, maybe we'll come back to you and do some other work soon.
0: Hey, that never happens. Yeah. Ever.
1: And I was like, are you kidding me? You're, <laughs> yeah. you're a restaurant chain with a thousand restaurants or some ridiculous thing. Like, right. Why would I ever, the fact that you're asking people to do work for free is disgusting, you know, right. essentially. And
0: and also act as their own producer, art director and And casting director. And
1: they wanted like all the people in the ads to, you know, get the rights for them too.
0: Right. And of course they want all the people to do the ads for free as well.
1: Right. So you get into these really awful situations sometimes where there are times when you get screwed and there's times when you win and, and you can't, you know, you just got to do what you got to do. But then the flip side of that is, you know, the, the, a a company came to me one time. I took some pictures for a magazine. It was this for the big energy company. Have I ever talked about this?
0: Probably. It's a but big go ahead.
1: power company. And I, they wanted to buy out this image for like two years and use it for all their advertising. And it was the Im- image of the CEO. And I don't know if they were going to put it down in the corner of the ads with like a little, you know, with like his signature next to it or whatever. Right. Right. Or if they were going to use it for the whole ad and put it on TV. I don't know. They wanted to buy out. And they wanted to spend like one. Fifth or one tenth of what I uh bid it out at, and which
0: probably wasn't a huge number to begin with
1: it was a perfectly reasonable number, considering right. what they were asking, yeah okay um, and y- you know you have no idea where that's going to go now let's say let's just say for the sake of argument, it was five thousand dollars and they wanted to spend five hundred dollars right. The flip side of that is, okay, I could say, no, I won't sell it to you for 500 I want $5,000. But the flip side of that is, okay, they walk away, and now you didn't make $500 that you could have made for an image that was sitting on your hard drive for nothing. Right. So there's like a little bit of like a frustration about principle that goes on, you know?
0: Um, So it, it it sounds like, I mean, to, to Chris's question, there, there aren't any hard and fast rules to follow.
1: Well, there, there are guidelines from, from the point of view of, of the photographer, whether or not your clients are going to go anywhere near those numbers is a whole other thing. Okay. Yeah. There's some kind of quote, something photo quote pro or something like that photo quote pro. I feel like there's an app yes photo quote <laughs> there, pro, there's an app for that f o t o quote pro and it's actually it's funny because it's not inexpensive software it's hundred and fifty dollars two hundred dollars um but it it you know it's 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 stock photo pricing it's 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 quoting out a whole job, I think there's ways to do it usually when I do a job that involves this kind of work, I have a producer who does a lot of that work for me because I hate doing that stuff. Okay. I want to take the pictures. I don't want to figure out yeah. how the heck I'm yeah. going to get to Cleveland to take pictures. Right. Um, so I guess the answer to Chris is it is a very difficult thing to do. And in some sometimes you can go to the people and turn it around and say, uh, you know, did you have a budget in mind? You know, you, you could do that kind of thing. Or with a magazine, what is your standard rate? You know, the, uh, sure. like those people in uh, Switzerland or whatever who bought an image off me a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they just... Want to use it quick on this one television show as sort of like an intro picture and I normally would charge say two fifty for that. They wanted to pay one fifty and so we sat at two hundred. You know. Right. So th- there are times it was a
0: done deal within a few minutes. It right, was a done a deal hours.
1: within two emails. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so I mean that sometimes happens and hey, it's not a lot of money. It's two hundred bucks though. Hey, two hundred dollars for writing emails for ten minutes and sending off a photo. Right. Um, but you get in these situations where sometimes you're like damn, I could have made it an extra grand, but I walked away because it should have been $2,000 and I didn't want to go that low. And sure. it, the problem is if they keep pushing you lower, then you have no legs to stand on when it actually should be 2000, you know?
0: Right. Right. Or if they come back to you for another job and go, well, you gave us this one for $200. Now we only pay one fifty.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a messy, messy, messy thing. And there there are a few different software things like that. I personally don't use them. Although I know people who do and, and, and go on it, you know, very seriously. And they talk about assignment photo prices and, 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 and usage and rates and whatever. Um, so yeah, there are standards, but I generally don't follow them. Plus I'm in New York, which makes everything a little skewed. Right. I mean, if have, you were doing you, something for some from place in Seattle, I think it would be a lot different than me doing something from someplace in New York, just because the rates are crazy here and okay. not necessarily in my favor.
0: Have you noticed, I mean, you, you haven't been a photographer for 25 years. Have no. you noticed in, yes. say the last five years, it changing for the
1: worse? Yes. Yeah. There's more so photographers. You, so they think that they can get the images cheaper. Well, mm-hmm. the place that was that CEO of that big multi-billion dollar power company they were like well we're just gonna have somebody come reshoot it for 500 bucks and i was like you think that you could get somebody to shoot it as well as i did for 500 dollars and to give you the rights to use it for whatever you want for two years full advertising usage like unlimited i was like if somebody does that for you they're an idiot Right. because <laughs> you know? right. they are they're just an idiot they're literally giving it away
0: do you, well and i mean we've seen example after example of that is part of what's driving the industry down yeah. is there's, there's a fear out there of I'm not going to get another job or I'm not getting the jobs that I used to. Yeah. So maybe I should lower my prices.
1: Yeah. Um, but, but then there's the whole other side of that. But you know what? Somebody's going to end up undercutting you, you know? So at a certain point the, the industry has to realize that there ne- we need to have a living wage in this industry. Sure. And, and, and in order to do that, we got to have to stick together and not totally undercut each other every five minutes.
0: In the bigger picture, does it really help? I mean, I I don't, you know, it's a little different, but I don't see Leica lowering the prices of their cameras. True. You know, I don't see Bentley lowering the price of their vehicles. I don't see Porsche coming out with something to compete with, you know, Hyundai or something. And I I think as an artist, as as a photographer, as a painter, as a designer, whatever discipline that you're in, there is a certain amount of value that you need to place on your own work and adhere to that. And, you know, as hard as it may be, if somebody doesn't meet that value, then you walk away.
1: Right. And that's, and that's kind of where I am a lot of times. And I don't, I don't like it because it feels a little, um, it feels a little pretentious, but at the same time, it's like I have to protect my dignity. I have to sleep at night as well as have something to sleep under. Sure. Sure. You know, so it's, sure. it's, it, that, that is a very tenuous line right? that you're standing around. So it's not easy. So there's, there's the answer to Chris's question. It's it, the answer to the question is it sucks. Yeah. Um, and
0: it's, it sounds like it's, it's very much a dance where you've got to come back and say, well, here's what I want. And they go, well, here's what we're willing to yeah. pay.
1: And sometimes though they come back and they go, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I did a, uh, people contacted me for a photo I took they wanted to use as a author photo and I, I gave them a price and they went for the highest price. You know, I gave them a few different options for different amounts of usage and they're like, yeah, we'll just pay the whatever. I was like, really? Okay. I should have asked for more. Right. So, it, you know, there'll be times you say that and there'll be times when you say you won't take it for what is essentially a cup of coffee and a Danish. Right. You know, uh, it, it, you, just, you can't win. Anyway.
0: So, Chris, hope that helps.
1: Sorry if I don't have a definitive answer.
0: It doesn't sound like there is a definitive answer.
1: Uh, I don't it think is. there is. I mean, I think at a certain level, there are standards for day rates on big ad shoots, national ad shoots, and that kind of stuff. There are sort of, you know, numbers that get thrown around. And a lot of times, it's a lot more than you – it's a lot of money a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a lot in there, right? There's, you know – the there's a lot of money that needs to be spent on, well, you know, your agents taking money and then your assistants and then, you know, equipment. And these budgets are huge. But when you bring in food and studio rental and equipment rental and and wardrobe people and hair people and makeup people and, you know, and then travel and <laughs> what you end up with at the end is not nearly as much as it looks like at the beginning.
0: Right. It looks like a lot more on paper. Yeah.
1: Although at the same time, sometimes you look at the bottom line of these, of a shoot like that and you're like, holy God, people are spending that much money on a shoot for, you know, some shoe company. Yeah. And you're like, wow, they're spending a lot of money. (laughs) But that's,
0: but that's, that's kind of, that's the thing. That's, that's the industry. And that's, that's the sort of good and bad of it.
1: Really? yeah. Yeah. No, it is. But you, can, you can't win, right? Um, yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, let's see. What else we got?
0: Uh, we have... Uh, who was it? Was it Jeff? Oh, Jeff, Jeff Green. Jeff Green. He wrote in about workshops.
1: Yeah, he said that my workshop was awful. Well, it probably was. No. He, uh, Jeff, Jeff is actually <laughs> one of the people who came to my, my lighting workshop I did a few months ago. Um, uh, he said it was a fun and day, interesting day of collaboration. Well, and and here, okay. But he also he also said most of what I went over, he knew in some way, if not applied, then in theory already. And and I think that's what I said a lot uh, last week. For a lot of people, it's not really any brand new knowledge. It's actually just doing it in practicality. You know,
0: right, right. And that's that's kind of what I was going to touch on. Is is you know I've been to several workshops, some hands on, some where you're one of a thousand people sitting in a room. And even, even if I have an idea or I, or I have known what was going to be talked about or discussed, I get much more out of the hands-on, smaller. I think, I think most everyone does. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you can go to the big, well, I mean, just to use some of the big names, you can go to the Kelby workshops or the McNally workshops or the, you know, the David Hobby workshops and, and yeah, you come away with a gift bag or, you know, whatever, but I would imagine That if you talk to people who went to one of the thousand seat McNally lectures versus the, you know,
1: 10 or 15
0: people McNally, you know, shootouts in the desert, those smaller people, the people in the smaller workshop are going to come away with a much more dramatic and dynamic experience.
1: Uh, Sure. And I mean, he even says as much. He said the Joe McNally, when he went to 30, around 30 people was great. Uh, and they had three or four assistants helping out, and then but this but he went to a Scott Kelby one where it was him in a hall with a bunch of, a few hundred other people, and he was basically showing like you know Lightroom sliders, right? And it's like Which, okay, you know yeah, okay. So that's kind of ridiculous too. I, mm-hmm. I I hate to I even when I do have done my own I don't like talking about stuff that I feel like people should know already you know. Like this is, you know, if it's something really basic, if I say it, I feel like an idiot for saying it because if you don't know that already, why are you even here listening to me?
0: Right. You know? Why do you want to talk about level C when you've not gotten past A and B?
1: Yeah. Well, no, or or they expect me to talk about A and B, you know, or some oh, people okay. would be like, you know, here, put your camera in this mode. It's like, well, okay, well, I'm not, if, you, if that's where you're at, you don't want me. Okay. You know, I'm talking... On a couple levels beyond that, when you know all of that stuff, or at least you and, think you know all that stuff and you're going to do something better.
0: Not to say that that's, that that's bad. I mean, everybody is where they are, but choose the, the workshop or the class or. That's right for
1: you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, are there, is there, is there a place for that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. i you know, there, there are people who need that kind of stuff. It's just, that's just not my thing. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. Whole other thing. Yes. Yeah. We have any more feedback?
0: Uh, David, you want to talk about David's uh, uh feedback on websites?
1: Yeah. So uh, David wrote in last week asking about websites. He was on what? Photo Shelter?
0: I think Photo Shelter.
1: Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we 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 talked about a little bit last week different places you could go. Jeffrey said WordPress. Uh, we were talking about Live Books. We talked about Squarespace and stuff. Man, we did some research. A lot of those Squarespace ones are looking really good. <laughs> like um, really good. Yeah. I, uh, we're yes. you know, we're going to, we're going to talk to some Squarespace people and see if we can't get you guys uh, a deal on Squarespace. Yeah, there's some,
0: uh, I'm really impressed with, with their product to yeah. be honest with you. Uh, um, not only their themes and, and how the thing looks, but it looks like it's very user friendly and you don't have to go in and, and tweak code and write yeah. CSS. And, and you those know. themes are very nice.
1: Yeah, they're slick. Yeah. So anyway, um, w- one of the things that uh, uh, David said, is like, he wants to display his portfolio. Uh, he wants to attract stock photo sales. And he also wants to sell prints. Now, selling prints, man, okay, d- displaying portfolio, that's easy, right? Lots of people do mm-hmm. that. Uh, stock photo, I mean, I don't even know how you would, does he want to actually do the uh, sales on that? on the system, you know what i mean?
0: Yeah, and see in in a case like that, why wouldn't you just go to shutterstock and set up an account or i stock and set up an account?
1: Yeah, it feels like for, especially for stock photography, you're better off being in some sort of stock photography marketplace because right. that's where people are searching.
0: Right, um, that's it's it's much more social. Right. Uh, yeah, i completely agree. Uh
1: I, I have i have wadmaneditions.com where you can go buy prints. And I don't sell as many prints there as I would like. Um, and I – what is the thing that I use? What's that little back-end thing that you signed me up for, the weird javascript one?
0: You is just, it? Is it Photomoto? No, it's not Photomoto. No, no, what no. It, um, what is it that
1: you use? Oh, I forget now. Oh, Equid. Equid, yeah. Equid.
0: Equid is a fantastic uh, open-source shopping cart system, yeah. I think
1: it's it's pretty cool and you sign up and and the shopping cart everything all of that is in a web interface and then you just drop um uh a little bit of javascript in which kind of like feeds the store into your little setup right and you could go you know buy these prints uh on my site and and it does it all through paypal and and can do credit cards and i get the money and i ship out the stuff um and it, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't difficult to set up, but it wasn't also wasn't like incredibly easy to set up. I, you know, I wouldn't have my mother do this. but it, well, it, but it wasn't are, outside the realm of anything. You know,
0: there are a number of considerations. For let's let's take David for example. He wants to sell prints. So, okay, are you printing them yourself, or are you having them printed and then shipping them out? True. Uh, are are they C prints? Are they inkjet prints?
1: Shipping them out. There's things like Society Six.
0: There's society six, or you know, if if you're just looking to have, C prints done, there you know you can look at SmugMug or Zenfolio or or one of those type of services that have fulfillment built in. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so there are a number of of different options now for somebody like like Bill, you know, you you want. Control from the time that you take the image to the time that you print the image. So you, you, you know, you're crazy about color calibration and, and printing, and and if it doesn't look right coming out of the printer, you're going to print it again.
1: I tend to print my own stuff and send them off. Yes,
0: right. So that's another consideration specifically for David. Now, are, have you decided that? Are you going to do that? Uh, and if so, th- that's a whole other sort of back end setup that's required than just using someone else for fulfillment.
1: Yeah. True. True. I mean, you know, uploading JPEGs and letting everyone, somebody else do all the work and you get 60% of the money. It's the easier way to do it. Something like Society6, but you don't have as much control. Right. Um, I've sold a few things from there, including one to a friend of mine. And he says the print looks good, not amazing. Right. Um, so from I don't know. Society6, you mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah. We uh, Nikki's, same thing. And we ordered a couple of their, they have like, you know, you can get iPhone cases or, or. You know, other other things besides prints, other products, and yeah, it, it's okay.
1: Yeah, and I, I, you know, I think that there's some sort of even on uh, Squarespace, there might even be some sort of store functionality. I'll have to look.
0: Uh, I think they might interface with Photomoto.
1: Okay, well, maybe we'll look into it. Yeah, we'll look into it. But, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, there are plenty of ways to do it. Yeah, um,
0: but, but uh, I, I would say, you know, don't expect to sell a ton of print. I don't know anybody.
1: Who sells a ton making, of prints?
0: Yeah. I don't know anybody.
1: I don't think even Jay Mazel doesn't sell a ton of prints. And he's Jay Mazel. Yeah. Um, you, you, what you're trying to do, David, is a bunch of things all in one site that I have done two of. I, I do my stock sales through uh, um, what is the name of this site? Uh, Alamy. So I, I have a, an account on Alamy, but I don't, you know. I need to put more stuff up there. I have an account mm-hmm. and I have some stuff and I've sold a couple of things, but stock is a whole other thing. I have a friend who used to make f- upwards of $50,000 a year on his stock photography. Um, and in the past five years, it's going down to about 5,000.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's it's a stock photography is a tough game,
1: right? So unless somebody's buying it out entirely for some big, you know, ad thing that they don't want anybody else getting it for, you know, most of the usage is very small, right?
0: And, and you've got to be diligent. You've got to be putting things up all the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, the, a friend of mine who does that, he shoots every the, everywhere he goes for a normal shoot. He goes and shoots for himself too. So if he's at some castle to shoot some woman in a dress, whatever it is, like on the brakes, he's shooting the castle. You know. That oh wow. Kind of thing. Okay.
0: And uh, with with the intent of using those putting him as up stock. As stock. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: So you, you know you, you're, sh- you're just being smart about it. You know what I mean.
0: It's just a, it's, go be something else.
1: <laughs> Get out of photography. Yeah. There's no money in photography.
0: Find a rich uncle or something.
1: Yeah. I wish I had a rich uncle.
0: I wish you did too.
1: That's the thing about Downton Abbey. These people, you just want to slap them. Anyway.
0: Are they, are they rich? They're rich.
1: Yeah. The whole thing is about some big rich house that they all live at. And yeah. then there's like the people downstairs who like wait on them hand and foot. You know, it's, I find it offensive and awful, but you know, what do I know?
0: how about you're still watching it every week?
1: Well, it's very pretty and it's very well done. Heather watches it. So it's kind of like I listen and I go like somebody will be talking and I'll be working and I'll hear some voice and, and I'll be like, wait, who is that guy? Fancy. I'm I'm like, who's, who's that guy talking to? (laughs) Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, Yeah. All right. Does that wrap up our wrap up? I think so. Oh, I, you know, I like this picture. Do you see this, uh, these, uh, club kids in bathtubs?
0: I did see that. That's pretty funny.
1: Uh, so this is, uh, it was on com, and we'll put up a link in the show notes, but the, it's all these people, these crazy Japanese club kids um, inside their bathtub shot with really wide-angle lenses, uh, and they're, they're kind of funky. It's uh, it's
0: interesting. They end I like up that being, stainless steel tub. That's kind of neat.
1: Yeah. Who's Who has a tub that's made of stainless steel? Is that going to be cold, though, when you get into it?
0: Well, hopefully not with warm water in it,
1: yeah, I guess so. seems <laughs> odd though that, that that feels like it's more like an autopsy table than a, than a tub. <laughs> it kind of does like i don't know I don't know if that's a good thing
0: it's like uh, that's out of dexter,
1: yeah, but he's you know using this wide angle lens, and it just shows you like heres here's a, a crazy setting and it's not people in a bathtub looking over the edge, it's people in the bathtub looking straight down on them, you know yeah um, and it's just like- it shows you you can choose anything as a new, as a perspective and a, and a look. You know, make I it like work. it
0: much better than those uh, Saran wrap, like vacuum packed people.
1: Yeah, that just seems dangerous.
0: That one's creepy.
1: Yeah, or the pictures of the Japanese S and M love hotel. Did oh not oh see no, that. You, you like that one? Did not see that. I'm gonna go to a Japanese S and M love hotel next time I'm in Japan.
0: <laughs> next time you're there, yeah. you're planning out your trip.
1: I missed that last time. I was <laughs> I was too busy going to Nara, and
0: we saw everything but. Yeah. The Amsterdam Love Hotel. Man,
1: I don't know what the heck I was doing.
0: You know what I want? I want to see, You know, I don't know where they're at, but somewhere cold, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I want to see those ice hotels.
1: You ever seen those? Yeah, like in Iceland and stuff. Yeah. Norway. I want to
0: see that. I think that would be super fun.
1: It would be super cold.
0: Yeah, but they have big, big like skins and stuff. See, that's you know? the thing.
1: I, I don't like being cold. That's why I don't like skiing either. Snow or water? Uh, uh, snow or yeah or water in some ways like I don't it's definitely snow I don't like I've tried it a couple times and both times I'm just like this is just cold and wet and miserable and I don't like going fast like I don't don't like going fast in a way that I can't (laughs) control
0: you know what I mean see how I'm just leaving that alone
1: yeah it's dangerous (laughs) Uh, all
0: right what's next
1: uh why don't we do we have a new sponsor
0: we do have a new sponsor. I'm excited about this because these guys, uh, I've, I've been using their products for a while, and I am. Uh, we're talking about uh, Rad Lab, totally rad, uh, who make Rad Lab, and they make uh, another brand new piece called Pro Retouch. Um, yeah, I I uh, I don't even know what to say about them, other than uh, so wh- what what, what
1: are these products?
0: Okay, uh, if you if you've never used actions before, they're they're they started out making actions, Totally Rad 1 and Totally Rad 2. Um, What Doug Boutwell and his team have done with uh, specifically Rad Lab is they've created a plugin that's more of, um, Doug calls it an imaging platform, okay? Uh, It's very intuitive, it's very fast, and they've taken a lot of their most popular actions from uh, Totally Rad 1 and 2, and they've they've put them in this brand new visual interface. Okay. okay. So you you, uh, you load a photo into Photoshop or Lightroom. That's the other cool thing is they're cross-platform. They work, uh, Rad Lab works cross-platform on Lightroom and Photoshop. Uh, and you're presented just with this series of thumbnails. And if you mouse over them, it applies that given what they call stylet to the image instantly, nearly, uh, and, and then you can start layering these stylets into what they're calling recipes. Um, I, I have and-
1: to admit that the, the, the fact that, okay, so you, you get, you get all of, i I played with it for the first time last week. The, the you, where you get your big image on the left and you get your, like a bunch of thumbnails with each of these little styles on the right. Correct. The fact that it's showing you like a little preview of what it would look like in that style on the right is great but then when you select one of those like let's say you have some black and white selection or whatever it is once you click that all of those thumbnails update to show what it would look like with that one you chose plus whatever it currently it is so it like shows you how they're going to stack yeah which i thought was really kind of a nice interface thing
0: oh yeah and then you can go in and adjust you know various sliders and parameters and customize it even
1: further it's so you Fantastic can product. You, you can weaken them or strengthen them or that sure. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's it, I must admit it's very cool stuff. Um yeah. Some of the looks, it's it's interesting. Some of the looks are like okay, there's your basic black and white look, whatever it is, and then some of them are wow. I I it would take me a few minutes to get that look, even if I knew what I was looking for and was going to do it manually. Right. And here you could just go, oh, there's the one I want. Click done. Yeah. Um, and then you can save you can save these
0: recipes that you create. Okay? okay. So like, for example, we faded, faded and blurred, we've released seven recipe packs for free, uh, that you can go download and use. Um, and you can use them as is, you can modify them, you can create your own, send them around to friends. Uh, so they've created kind of their own ecosystem around this product. Well, I, I think is brilliant. um, and then, uh, what, it was two weeks ago, they came out with Pro
1: Retouch. Have you had a chance to play with this yet? I uh, have not had a pl- chance to play. Uh, okay, to play with the Retouch.
0: Pro Retouch is uh, a brand new set of of uh, updated and some new actions for retouching. And uh, what's awesome? I was talking to Jeremiah, uh, who's like, I think Jeremiah is the community manager, and he said, "Yeah, uh, Doug just kind of disappeared into his office for a couple weeks and came out with this new product." So the, 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 the fact that he, you know, the head of the company is the guy hands on is super cool to me.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you know where I could see these being incredibly useful Where's that force, for a photographer who is churning out a lot of product, you know, for, for, for an event photographer or a wedding photographer or a, you know, a, a senior portrait photographer, that kind of thing. Yep. Somebody who. The amount of time they spend on a particular picture literally is how much money comes in at the end of the month. You know, mm-hmm. the faster they could work, the more money they can make. This is something of a no brainer. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it just really great stuff. I have to admit, yeah. um, even though it's exactly not how I work, I could totally see getting sucked into working like this. I
0: um, have gotten sucked into working like this. Uh, we used yeah. it on every image in, in the book. Uh, we use it all the time. I think Nikki, this is all she uses now for her nature and landscape stuff.
1: It's, it's pretty cool stuff. And the, and, the, um, a lot of the, um, the dirty pictures, do you ever play with those? I have
0: dirty pictures as well. I like that. That's another, so it's all another about product. grunging
1: things up a little bit.
0: It's yeah. Uh, it's, uh, all sorts of, of textures that they've created. um, that you can layer in different modes. You can mask away or you can mask them in. Uh, it's a, it's pretty slick.
1: Yeah. You know what it is? It's like, this is, this is sort of like the adult version of some of the stuff that people do on phones, but it's so much more customizable and usable and maskable and all those things mm-hmm. um, where it's not about one click to make it exactly how you want it, but it's about, using these tools to speed you up. It's like, you know, what's the old adage that Steve jobs used a bicycle for your mind. Right. You know, right, right. it's sort of like, th- th- this is just a way to, to help you get your work done faster. I don't know. Yeah. Very cool stuff.
0: Yeah. It's good stuff. So we're, we're very thankful and happy that they are uh, part of the show now. So what are, what are that- they doing for us? Uh, well, you, you can save some money, first of all, which is kind of cool. Uh, what's our code For, 1435 OTP, one, four, three, five OTP. You can save 15% on anything you buy from them. Uh, and, uh, if you want to download the, the free recipe packs, you can download those. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but it's, it's good stuff.
1: Yeah. Go check out that rad lab. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's good stuff. So, uh, totally rad. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Good for bringing us in. Okay, Uh, what do we have next? Would this be a good segue into senior pictures? Yeah, you know what? You you brought this up before the show. Let's talk about it.
0: Okay, so uh, we're finding, and we've talked about this several times, but we we find that that photographers who who shoot X or have made uh, their living shooting X.
1: I've shot so much X in my life. (laughs) (laughs)
0: hold on here it is ready there it is (laughs) there it is um they're they're having to widen their net as it were and i mean i think we've all either been or know photographers who have said maybe i'm going to shoot a couple weddings because that's and, and it's an art form in and of itself i'm not I 'm not disparaging wedding photographers, but we I think we all know photographers who five years later they're still shooting weddings, and it's not really what they meant to start out shooting true um, and maybe the same is with seniors um, so i'm I'm looking at different things i'm kind of going, well, I need to widen my own net. I need to look beyond what i'm currently doing uh, and i've looked at this I've looked at different. I guess revenue streams okay um, and i but i don 't I don't quite know what direction to go in yet, and i don 't quite know how to go from from one i guess discipline or genre into another and i and, and this is maybe a chance for some some listeners to chime in uh, if you 've ever had to change direction with your photographic career or or decided maybe that you didn 't have to, but you wanted to. Um, did you, did you find that you enjoyed it? Did you find that it wasn't worth it? Um, that it was difficult to do. Yeah. That it was difficult to do. Um, because it's a, it's a different mindset. I mean, I, I know that I, I would not be a good wedding photographer and it has nothing. I don't think it has anything to do with, with the technical nature I think it has to do with the aesthetic nature of wedding photography because wedding photographers who are very good at their jobs love weddings. This is true. They love, they're, they genuine, they're genuinely happy for you. They are genuinely excited and happy to be there. Yeah. And, you know, that's just not me. So I don't think that I would do as good a job.
1: I hate weddings. So I understand what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. there, there's something intriguing about, about shooting seniors uh, to me, uh, because you're there, you know, you, you, find these kids that are on this sort of precipice from, from leaving one period in their lives and entering another. And, and they're so full of promise and they're so full of excitement by and large. That's, that's interesting to me.
1: Now you're thinking, uh, studio kind of things or outside, what do what you think of doing? How, see, there's the other question is that this say senior pictures, for example, is very different depending on where you are in the country. Yes. Or at least it seems that way to me. I don't know if that's true. Well, and it's, it's
0: changed just in the last several years. I mean, senior pictures were, by and large, in front of... A background in a studio and yeah. that's kind of what you got Look, when and i was a
1: senior it was it was Hasselblad on film in front of a in front of a cheesy background i'm sure when you had your senior picture taken it was it glass comes. plate uh <laughs> eight by ten <laughs> you had to sit still with one of those brackets up your back for 60 seconds <laughs> uh, yeah and it had to be outdoors from the fumes yeah Right. Yeah. Um, oh, that dang. must have been really awful. Oh, uh, it was horrible. It was but, horrible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it used to be in, in t- inside with with some lights and whatever, and all uh fancy dress or suit, where sure. now more and more it ends up being, you know, like you were saying, with a guitar on a railroad track.
0: Yeah. It's 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 showing personality, showing right. you know being different, being unique. That's kind of the thrust of of the senior market now.
1: It, right. And the, But the the trick is, I think part of the trick is to not become um, a parody of yourself. Sure. And I think that that's one of the hard, difficult things to do about that is that, you know, if every one of you, it's like, um, there's, there's this headshot photographer here in New York City and I don't know who, what his or her name is, but I've seen their headshots a lot and they shoot down in the meatpacking district. So it's all these cobblestone streets, always the same time of night always the same lenses same focal length same shots them on the cobblestones them standing up against this building i've seen the pictures from five or six actor friends that i know and it's like they all look exactly the same Mm -hmm. so is there any personality in that no this is this is you know cheesy setup and the pictures are nice i'm not disparaging the photographic work but with senior pictures, it's more than just a good headshot. You want to get something that somebody's going to like 10 years down the line or 20 right. years down the line. Right. Um,
0: that sort of embodies who they
1: are at that right. moment. So it might not be the railroad track for all of your clients. Right. You know, I, it's, it's, it's a but, – but I also think if you're doing it right, then that could be a really great niche because you're the person who actually understands and takes the time to talk. Right. And comes up with ideas um where you can do your sort of more straight uh work in the studio and also do something outside that is you know interesting.
0: See and and so this is what's got me perplexed. Th- this is kind of where I'm at is is I'm I'm looking for a new I don't want to say creative outlet but 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 yeah, a new uh, something new to do. Okay. You know, and and I don't know what it is yet um but i want to uh you know i want to punch my weight i i i want to do something that i'm going to be able to bring something to that's not so far out of my realm that i'm going to fail miserably at it do you know what i mean
1: absolutely yeah i don't think that that is anywhere out of your realm and i think that you have i mean you know you should be enough to know what it's like you know right I mean, this is
0: not, yeah, thankfully there, you know, I've, I've been practicing and I've been, you know, going out with lights and just seeing what light does and seeing what reflectors do and, and okay, how do we use scrims here and how do, that's been the biggest help is just getting out and practicing. Right.
1: And that's what it is. I mean, and, and with like studio stuff, it's funny because I, um, last week I was shooting some, a headshot for somebody and I set up this little three light setup. Which, in some ways, was much more straightforward than a normal shoot that I would do. Or rather, it was much more standard than your average shoot that I do. It's funny. S- standard in the sense of. I used to see pictures by photographers who knew what they were doing, and I would look at them and say, oh, that. When I was young and brash, I would say, so oh, a couple of weeks
0: ago. Look at that. St- yeah.
1: <laughs> thanks. Look at that stupid three point light setup, or what have you that somebody was doing, you know, um, front fill hair light, like all that kind of stuff. Okay. And I would look at that and be like, "Ugh, I don't want to do that same thing. Like the cookie cutter, you know? Right. Um, and, and I would, I would do things with less lights and I would end up with, uh, just like one, I'm, I'm a big fan of one, one, one light, you know? Um, but, but then it was, it's funny as I've gotten older and more mature, it's not that I'm ending up like landing. It's not that I'm going towards what I was against. It's just that I'm naturally ending up there. It's like, as I become more refined, I end up closer to the things that I was trying to rebel from. Hmm. And maybe part of it is that I'm, I'm trying to do them a lot of that stuff becomes really heavy handed. There's a lot of people who know how to do three point lighting or whatever it is, who yeah, are doing it, but there's just no elegance to it. There's no sure. subtlety to it.
0: Yeah. And I think well, it becomes a game of finesse. Doesn't that's
1: it? man. That's one of the biggest problems I have with a lot of younger photographers with a lot of photographers in the digital age is that they don't know when to stop. You mm-hmm. know, um, they, 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 they don't, they don't. They don't polish enough. It's not subtle enough, you know. They figure, oh, that that hair light or whatever it is. Yeah, it's too bright, but eh, it looks great. It looks fine, you know. When if mm-hmm. they pulled it down a half a stop, it would look great. You know that kind of thing. Sort okay, of a little bit half-ass, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, and well, it, I
0: mean that that happens in post too.
1: Well, yeah. Which is the funny thing. Like you you sent me these pictures today. These, uh, the the, uh, the girl on the bed pictures. Right. Painful looking at these pictures of this absolutely gorgeous lingerie model on the bed. But, you know, one of the things that you 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 really like these shots. And I think that they're very pretty.
0: I like them because they're subtle.
1: Right. And one of the things that's really great about these pictures and what makes them look the way you think they look is that they are not overdoing it right Mm -hmm. these pictures there's no white and there's no black these are not high contrast images right if anything these people have pushed away from white and black and their their pictures are sitting sort of in the middle of the dynamic range of the image that they're doing um i tend not to do this but then again i you know i have a certain look and i don't think that i'm always right in that but I, but I look at the pictures, these, these kinds of pictures, and I think, you know what, this is a good example of how digital is done well. Mm-hmm. You could, you, in the old days, you could have gotten this look by using a certain kind of film and lighting a certain way and using a certain low-contrast paper and all this kind of stuff. Where nowadays, you would tend to do that in digital, but so many people, you know, they hit auto levels. And right. It snaps the bright thing to white and it snaps the dark thing to black. And it adds all kinds of contrast, but you get all these pictures that all kind of look the same where there's so much leeway to be had in, in, in the middle bands Mm -hmm. of it, you know? Well, and that was kind
0: of my, my reasoning behind sending you this is I'm, you know, I don't know, I've been researching fashion photography and I've been researching fashion photographers and, and what is good fashion photography? What is bad fashion photography and, and trying to, you know, much in the same way that I try and qualify art, what is good art, what is bad art, in my own head, just for me. Um, I've been looking at, at opposite ends of the spectrum and, and trying to fill in what I think is good. And I happened upon these photos. And, and yeah, there's a softness to them, which seems to really kind of go against what's currently popular in fashion photography.
1: Yeah, fashion photography has gotten very contrasty, right? Yeah,
0: so I, one of the reasons of sending them to you is is I think these are amazing and and sending them to you going, you know, is my aesthetic way off base on this? Am, you know, are these in fact not good because they're they're not going to black and going to white or am, am I seeing something in here that is that is classic, I guess, or 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 not iconic? But you know what I'm trying to get to?
1: No, you, you are you are entirely. Uh, right. in that these are beautiful and they're, they have a little bit of a tint to them too. They're, mm-hmm. That's the other thing. They're not color correct. You know, that's right. not the color that that girl's skin looked like in the room. Right. You know, these are much more sort of, uh, rose colored. Yeah. There's uh, like a
0: smokiness to yeah. it almost.
1: Um, and it, it's funny. I just pulled one of these open in Photoshop and, and, you know, the, the dark areas of the image are not at zero zero. They're at 57, hmm. you know? And the white areas of the image are at like 230. So right. there's, there's, a, there's a lot of room on the ends that this guy decided not to use. We have such a big palette nowadays with digital photography. You don't have to use it all, all the time. And I'm right. as guilty of this as anybody. So, you know, don't look at my portfolio and start yelling at me as being a hypocrite. Well, um,
0: talk a minute because I, I know I asked you about this before and I'd like to get your answer on the show. You were going to talk about we were talking about dynamic range. What was it versus latitude?
1: Uh, yeah. Dynamic range versus exposure latitude.
0: Because those things get, get bantered around quite a bit, don't they?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that gets into my larger frustration with people m- misusing terms. Okay. Does this bother you?
0: Do we have, no. Do we have time to talk about it? Or sure. Are we good on time? Well, we can
1: talk about it. We're, we're okay. fine. We're at like a little under an hour. Okay. Um, People do this kind of stuff all the time. I wrote a I wrote a piece uh, for on taking pictures blog a while back, which I will have to go find, and it it drove me nuts because I some magazine needed a picture. Uh, it's called Image Properties or How Most People Talk Out of Their Ass, as is what it's called. Nice. And
0: it was making all, friends as usual.
1: Well, it was about some. Okay, so some art director. From some magazine or adver- I forget what it was originally, um, they needed this picture, and Lightroom, by definition or by like you know by design when it first loads up, I just reinstalled Lightroom, and it automatically exports at two hundred and forty dpi right uh, which just means it doesn't when, when you export something at a certain dpi or whatever it is it 's not changing. Uh, it's not getting rid of pixels. It's just sort of changing how it cuts them up. Does that make sense? Okay. How sure. it divides them. Okay. So uh, a, a 600 by 600 pixel image might be two inches wide at 300 DPI or six uh, inches wide at 100 DPI. Still okay. 600 pixels. It's right. just how right, you're right. separating them, right? So... I had exported this picture at its full res, you know, 5,000 whatever pixels by whatever pixels for some, you know, a 5D Mark II image, big giant full res image. And it exported it at 240 DPI because that's what Lightroom was set up as. And I hadn't gotten around to changing it. I forgot. So I sent it to this art director and he had asked for a high res 300 DPI image, you know, which people tend to ask for. Right. And he, I got an email back from him saying, this image is way too low res. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I need 300 DPI. Which, first of all, for him to change it to 300 DPI in Photoshop would have taken far less than hitting reply and typing in that email back to me. <laughs> so obviously the guy has no idea what he's really talking about. Okay. And secondly, most printers anyway are not actually even using things at 300 DPI. And 240 DPI is is fine for you know, a lot of printing that people do. Um, even if it was a smaller size, this thing was, you know, way bigger than he was ever going to use it. And I've printed big giant 30 by 40 pictures from the same file, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and it just drove me nuts that this guy doesn't understand what, what it means. It's the, the way I likened it was, you know, it's like saying, uh, I'm in New York city, uh, I have I have a day to go somewhere uh, or I have 4 hours to go visit somewhere. Where should I go visit? And it's like, "Well, how are you getting there? Are you taking the subway? Are you walking? Are you flying in a helicopter?" <laughs> because all, you know, tell me which one of those things is true cuz then you're either going to Central Park or the Bronx Zoo or, you know, you're going to Niagara Falls. Right. So, okay. you know, it's 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 complete, but so many people just don't understand the basics of how this stuff works and they bandy stuff about acting like they know what they're talking about and it drives me nuts. So in that side-by-side show that we were watching, uh, that, that movie, excuse me, I'm about to say, the
0: Keanu Reeves thing.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, they keep talking about how film has, uh, they, they use interchangeably dynamic range and latitude. Okay. Okay. Two different things. One is the amount of difference between the darkest black and the whitest white, right? Between black and white, there is 12 stops of range or eight stops of range or 15 stops of range, right? Okay. Um, Between those two things. Exposure latitude talks about how far off correct exposure you can expose and still get a workable image. So in the days of digital... Uh, you know, if, if, if a lot of times, if you overexpose by a stop or underexpose by a stop, you can fix it in camera raw to get it to look almost identical to how it would have shot if you originally shot it that way. Right. Okay. Now it also depends on what scene you're shooting. If you're shooting a scene that is using all 12 or 13 stops that your sensor can record, then being down two stops, you're going to lose some stuff into black that you can't recover or overexposed you're going to go into white that you can't recover like a little too far right um
0: and and no matter what white is white is white and right. black is black is black. Right. Okay.
1: but if you were shooting a white piece of paper sitting on a white you know table with a white plastic spoon on it you're not using all the dynamic range of that sensor right okay. so you could expose it three stops down or three stops up and still pull it back to where it should be because there's nothing anywhere near the ends you know what I mean? So sure. the, the 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 dynamic range of the picture you're trying to to take is related to the dynamic range of the sensor or the film that you're trying to record it on. Um, and and but they use these things interchangeably. You know, back in the film days when you you could overexpose or underexpose film, but film. It's so good most of the time that when you drop stuff off and get prints made at CVS or whatever it is, the computer in the printing machine is doing all kinds of auto levelsy kind of things to bring that picture into normalcy. So okay. even if the negative is dark or bright, it's like pulling it back or brightening it up in order to make the print look good, you know. Sure. Which is how those um, those little compact cameras, you know, like the ones they have on the tables at weddings, you know, the little disposables. The way those work, they really only have one shutter speed and then they have the flash and they're sort of relying on the fact that modern film is so good at not overexposing or underexposing or that the processing people can bring it all back up to normalcy, you know, when making prints that they can overexpose and underexpose and you'll still get okay pictures out of them. Okay. Okay. Is of course relative in those cases. Right. But people are even working off of that basis. Nowadays, you know, they're designing cameras based on how good film is, whatever it is. But, pe- but when people talk about exposure latitude, I think a lot of times what they mean is dynamic range, saying that film has such better dynamic range than digital. But they say exposure latitude, which is 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 related, but different concept. Does that make sense? Sure. So it's very different. It's frustrating to me when people get this stuff wrong because it makes me question their competency. You know,
0: because you see this as something very basic.
1: Yes, it's kind of like if it, it's like if you don't understand that, then how do you do what you do when things don't work out the way you want it to work out? Um, there are shoots that you go into where things go perfectly and you have a plan and you put the lights up and everything just kind of clicks. And the pictures, even on the back of the camera, look like they could go into the magazine. There are the other end of the spectrum is the shoot where you're like Indiana Jones at the beginning of the Raiders of the Lost Ark and there's a big giant ball rolling down on you and you're just <laughs> you're just you're just trying to outrun it. Okay. You know what I mean?
0: Like that would you know, be any wedding that somebody hired me. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, right. That's why I would never do. I don't like doing weddings. I've you know shot pictures at weddings a, like two times in my life and I swear to never do it again. And a lot of it has to do with that kind of stuff, right? Where, okay. where you always feel like you're literally behind the ball, you know? Um, and and, it's, it's, and then there's, of course, somewhere in between. But I feel like there's a lot of times when if, if you're used to doing this X setup and you know that when you put the camera on this mode and you take the picture, everything looked great last time, what happens this time when it doesn't? But you don't understand how your camera works, or how your auto exposure works, or how dynamic range relates to exposure latitude, and why the blacks are going black and the whites are going white, and you don't know why. You know these kinds of things. Okay. Um, you you I mean obviously eventually you'll it'll catch up with you and you'll look like a jerk because you don't know what the heck you're talking about. Um, but 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 when people don't understand some of this stuff, it just kind of makes me question. Like, well, then how do you do what you do? You know, like it, it's almost like going to a, uh, 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 you know, a car repair guy and he says, oh, you know, the, the carburetor in your brand new Mercedes, it's like, I doubt my Mercedes has a carburetor nowadays, you know,
0: <laughs> you see okay. what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but does that, uh, okay. I, I guess my thing is that I think people rely way too much on the automatic stuff in modern gear. And, okay. And that
0: may be true, but I'm going to, I'm going to play the other side of that okay. for this. Uh, people much smarter than me have spent years perfecting this automatic stuff so that we can use it.
1: True, but it doesn't so, always work. Okay. You know, if, if you, if you use auto exposure on, you know, somebody out in a big field of snow, I know you don't know what snow is. It's this watery, wet, frozen <laughs> stuff that lands on the ground in the wintertime. We get
0: snow in California, mister.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, if you, if you do that in a field of snow or you take a picture of somebody at, at, at dusk, you know, the exposure is going to be way off from what reality is because the camera is trying to make sure that the average thing is 18% gray, you know? Okay. Um, now you can use things like exposure compensation to battle that. And, and some people do, but a lot of people don't understand even exposure compensation, you know? Um, so I, I i yes there are engineers who are figuring out the best way to do these things but the ex- engineers aren't always right and, or you should at least understand what the engineers did and why they're wh- how they did it you know the the fact that um Like even metering, right? That there's, you know, the center weight and there's spot metering and there's evaluative metering and all this kind of stuff in these modern cameras. Basically, it's like, oh, they're metering at just one point or just this ball around the center, or they understand that sometimes things are backlit. So they're trying to compensate for that and all this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, But, you know, all those different metering modes act very differently on a lot of different scenes that you're, you're shooting. Right. Um and that you won't necessarily always get what you wanted to get. Now, nowadays with digital, it's a little bit more easier because you can actually see the picture you just shot versus, you know, the old days when you were shooting film and then you were stuck, you know, getting the film back a few hours later, a few days later, and your pictures are way off because, you know, well, then again, you had the exposure latitude of film to compensate for it all. Um to make you look like you're a better photographer than you are. But, um, I, I feel like they're, they're still just, I, I want people to have a general competency in that, the, the, the whys of photography, you know what I mean? It's easy to pick yeah. up a camera, put it in auto mode and take pictures. But like, I think part of being a photographer is, is, is knowing some of the why behind it.
0: Okay, you disagree. That's fair. No, I I don't disagree. I just, I I mean, I I know uh, well, I know several photographers that I would consider very good, and they're not shooting in manual mode all the time. In fact, very rarely, right. Are they shooting in manual? They're shooting in predominantly aperture priority.
1: I, to be honest, I use aperture priority all the time. Um. But I and, know what aperture priority is doing and I know why I've set my, you know, uh, aperture to a certain thing, you know? Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of and, people and who don't even understand that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's the difference is is many photographers, and I won't say most, but many photographers are playing the odds and going, look, 90% of the time, this is going to give me exactly what I need if I depend on the camera. Right. But you're playing to the other 10%. Right.
1: Because the 10% might be the time that you're going to miss something big. Sure. Okay. You know, um, or, you know, or times of wasting and the auto stuff is not doing what it's supposed to do now. What?
0: Right. And you've
1: got a model or a client. Yeah. You have 10 minutes before the sun goes over the horizon. What are you going to do? Okay. You know, like it's, and, and I feel like, yeah, sure. Those, those are not your normal circumstances, but I think you should that knowing more about this stuff can give you a security on a shoot that even if everything goes you know whatever's up, you can still figure out a way to get the shot. Okay, that's fair. Um, but
0: I, I just I just think uh, that there are some photographers out there who are going to go well, yeah, you know maybe. But why do I need to know you know two hundred years of film photography history? To Look, shoot with my digital camera
1: i don't know how to pour collodion plates you know that's true but the basics of how light interacts with you know that that light is a logarithmic thing that 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 you know you have twice the light only gives you one more stop of light that you see that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um why we call them stops you know why why uh you know uh, uh why it's all about doubling you know so you know uh, a 50th of, you know, a 60th of a second, 125th, 250, 250th, uh, 250th, 500, 1,000th of a second. Like, oh, well, I, I don't, I don't know why those are that way. Well, it's because, you know, the way we perceive light and the way that light actually is, you know, physics wise are, are, are not directly correlated, you know? Right. Um, but a lot of but people, even, do, even that gets even to a lot of people, digital. those are just numbers. Right. You know, you yeah. say again.
0: Oh, I was just gonna say it it's with digital, it's gotten a little fuzzy. You can shoot at one, you know, one one hundred fifteenth of a second at F six
1: point three yes. or, or yeah, something. Sure. Yeah. Everything's it's not even like things are a stop or a half a stop. Now you're down to thirds of stops. And yeah. It gets it gets sneaky yes. quickly. Um <laughs> I don't know. It gets sneaky maybe, quickly. Maybe I am maybe I'm an old curmudgeon. I just I, I feel like I feel like if you You know what it's like. It's like if you are an artist, if you're a a, a oil painter. If I were, (laughs) if one were, not you. (laughs) You you generally use acrylics though when you paint.
0: Wow. Yes, I do.
1: Okay. No, no, no. I'm not. It's not a rip. But okay. Okay. No, I'm saying that. But there are people for people who shoot oil, or uh, people who shoot oil. People who paint with oil paints. (laughs) Um, I feel like if I were an oil painter. I would want to know where, you know, uh, cadmium, is there cadmium blue, isn't it? Or cadmium white,
0: cadmium red, cadmium yellow,
1: right? Like why people use, why they used to use cadmium in those paints and like why the paint makers still put it in, you know, I want, I want to know where the burnt of burnt umber comes from. You know what I mean? And
0: I'm, I'm right there with you, but there are a number of people who just are going to look at it and go, that's kind of the right color. I need, give me that.
1: Yeah, but I think they're missing some of the experience.
0: Sure, sure. I think
1: a lot of the beauty of photography to me is the intersection between science and art. Okay. And I'm not saying that everyone needs to understand like, you know, how the chemistry works, you know. I don't, they don't need to understand really deep stuff and, you know, actual chemical equations and stuff. But I feel like they should know you know, a little bit about what the first paragraph of the Wikipedia entry on any particular subject is, you know, mm-hmm. they should understand well, what the, it, what the term means.
0: There, there's definitely an advantage. And as you said, in, in when things do go wrong, being able to fix it.
1: Yeah. You yeah. know,
0: if, if all you've ever used is program or, or even aperture priority, and for some reason, you know, now you've got, uh, your, your lens crapped out and now you've got to set all your aperture and you've got, or you've got to borrow a camera and it's only manual and you know, w- you're lost.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I just think that it, there's, there's something to say for being skilled in the thing that you claim to be a professional at. Does okay. That make sense, Sure. Um, I don't know. That's just, it's just kind of where I'm, where I'm feeling right now. Drives me nuts. <laughs> There's lots of things that drive me nuts.
0: Um, <laughs> Item number 427 on Bill's nuts list.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm going to put that link to the, my article, which all of you should read, called Image Properties or How Most Photographers Talk Out Their Ass.
0: Okay. Put it in the show notes?
1: I'll put it in the show notes. I like this one. This is one of my favorites. Okay. It's one of my favorite things I've ever written. Wow,
0: that's, oh, that's, a, that's a big statement.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, just, it, like, it felt satisfying to me. When I wrote okay. it, like I was right. like, "Oh, you know what? I made good points there." <laughs>
0: Did yeah. you get good feedback?
1: Uh, yeah, not. You know, it's funny because I think this is before I switched to using Facebook as my comments, which means all the comments are kind of lost. Ah, uh, okay. Because uh, it was a couple of years ago. Okay, but um, you know, useful stuff for folks.
0: Go take a look, humor, Bill. Go you, take a do look. Do you
1: like the word "folks"?
0: I do. Well,
1: yeah, but I I also the president use... uses the word "folks" all the time. You know, folks out here in Ohio, I I I, I guess, I guess folks is, I I do too, but something about it, I guess I just never use the word folks. I like it better than folksy. Yeah.
0: That seems to be a different connotation.
1: Folks. Anyway, it's just a strange word. Folk. (laughs) Folk. Anyway. Uh, All right. Let's wrap this thing up. Who do we got uh, for this week's photographer of the week?
0: One of my favorite photographers ever, ever, ever. Elliot
1: Erwitt. You're a big fan.
0: I love Elliot Erwitt's okay, work.
1: tell me why. Okay, first of all, uh, uh what do we know about him? Uh
0: what you would like stats and things like that. Yeah, he's like still that? alive,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh he's he's old. He's uh 1928, so he's been he's like 80 something years old. And still shooting. Yep. Uh apparently uh a uh, big big fan of the Cartier-Bresson decisive moment French uh, uh, Russian family in France came to the United States. Right, um, he shoots for Magnum. Yes, and has
0: for years and years and years and years. Yeah,
1: he's like sort of one of the mainstays of Magnum.
0: Yeah, I, I he's I, he's probably would you say he's probably still like the biggest name still in Magnum?
1: Yeah, probably Magnum. What a whole other racket.
0: Yeah. Um, the thing I like about Elliot Irwitz Photographs. Um, can can I can I jump on that? You could go there. Okay. Uh, first of all, I like that he that he has a sense of humor. Okay. Uh, I think that that many of the photographers, let's say, of his era, are very serious. That photography is this. It, they have to be taken seriously, and they're making some sort of social commentary, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm showing this, this, and this. And while that's all very important, I also think you really have to enjoy what you do. And, and you
1: think that he does?
0: I, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know the guy. I've never met him. But I look at his work, and he seems to have a love of what he does. He seems to love the medium. He seems to love the process of it. Um, in reading interviews with him and, and, you know, reading about him, we did a spotlight on him on Faded and Blurred. We can, we can put it in the show notes. Right. Um, yes, he's photographed some pretty controversial things. You know, he, he, one of his most famous photographs is uh, a, a shot of uh, segregated water fountains, right. you know, during the civil rights era. And yes, he does make photographs that have some, some social commentary or some social relevance. But... He also makes these amazingly sort of cheeky photographs that uh, just make you smile. Okay. Yeah. You know, and that to me is, is, a, is a really nice cross section. I, I almost liken it to an actor who, you know, yeah, they do drama, 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 but then they come out with a comedy and you go, oh my gosh, that, that I make, I see that person in a different light. Sure. You know, so I, I look at some of his, his earlier work where he's, you know, there's another very famous photograph where he, of uh, of uh, Nixon uh, poking Khrushchev in the chest. Sure. Um, Yeah, so you've got these these very serious topics, but then you've also got, you know, shots of dogs and shots of children and shots of, you know, I don't know, I, I don't Maryland. know.
1: How, yeah sure sure you know, the, you know the the famous shot of um the couple kissing in the mirror of the car yep, I love that okay you know what's interesting about this shot here's an example just just to get off Elliot for one half a second yeah, go ahead notice that around the edge of the uh the mirror is a little kind of bright halo oh
0: there's a halo yeah this dodged. is
1: totally dodged yeah to get to brighten up so that that the image in the in the mirror was a lot darker than that when they made the print or it, was it even there or yeah, I think it was probably there. I think it was <laughs> just really brightened and just, just an example of where people say, you know, back in the old days, it's like, no, people were doing, they tricks. never
0: used to touch their prints. Exactly.
1: They, the, these things did not look like this to begin with. Um, there's yeah. a number of Carte bresson pictures like that too. Um, the, yeah, but, there's a
0: there's a great movie uh, that that shows the the marking up of Cartier Bresson's photographs of you know dodge here bring this out yeah. bring this back oh, the
1: Avedon those big Avedon out west ones there's huge yeah big things oh like yeah that. yeah Um That's I, fantastic I, okay I agree with you that um, that he doesn't take himself too seriously there are times in my I think his photography is amazing okay I do however think that. There are times when he's overly romantic.
0: Example beyond the kiss and the reflection.
1: Uh, even though the 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 umbrella in front of the the d- oh, jumping umbrella. The shot, guy jumping, sure. Yeah, you know that kind of that sort of like classic Paris kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that. I think that his work is very good. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think that there are a few pictures of his that are a little too soupy for me. Although there are, there are others that are really funny. Like the, the, the shot of all of the men looking at the nude painting and the one woman looking at the clothed woman painting right next to right, it. Right, 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 right. Uh, I, is that set up or was he really just noticing that? You know, It feels almost too perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, there's one two three four five six seven men on one side and one woman on the other um it, it, i'm not i'm not saying his work isn't amazing i'm just saying that like i don't know that he's as carefree as you think really okay well you know the shot of the the shot of the kid with the uh cracked glass over one eye mm-hmm. i mean that's a that's a heavy shot oh sure um well, and, okay. Maybe I, I, should I guess say, he has a good range of stuff where yeah. some stuff is silly. Some stuff is tragically serious. The
0: potential is there to, uh, you're right. Okay. Let me revise the, the potential is there for him to be silly and not take himself too seriously. And I, and I, 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 I agree that, that, you know, there are some heavy moments. And I think I said that, you know, that the shot of Jackie, uh, at the funeral yes. is, I mean, that that's pretty
1: heavy. Tragic. Yeah. Uh,
0: but he's not built a career out of just making photographs like that but there's a there's there's another side to that and that's what i really respond to is is the range of emotion I, that I he captures
1: w- i will give you that in some ways i think that he is the best he shows the best of what that classic magnum uh aesthetic was all okay. about okay okay um,
0: do you think it's changed i think it's dead really Um, is that another show? So Magnum really?
1: Well, I, I think that, I think that the opportunity for somebody to be a black and white photographer walking around shooting life and grabbing these things around the world and getting paid for it and becoming famous and selling posters of those pictures. I think that there are too many people taking too many pictures. A lot of which are sort of along these lines. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, he's not a, he's not an army of one anymore or an army of a hundred. Now there are armies of millions. Right. Uh, I don't think that as many people will do it as well as a guy like this. Okay. But we're also looking at 10 or 15 pictures out of entire lifetime of images. Right. 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 So, you know, we are, we're looking at the one tenth of one tenth of one percent. Right. Um, so who knows what his average shot looked like, you know, maybe, maybe it's just a numbers game for this kind of thing. I, I sometimes I feel like it is because, I mean, you walk around with a camera, you're not seeing stuff at this level all the time. Or at least I don't. Maybe I'm just terrible. At I
0: it. No, I don't. Uh, now, granted, I don't probably leave the house as much as I should either. You know, right. I mean, I, 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 I love there's a, a documentary or just a, maybe even just a clip. With uh, Maisel, and he says that he leaves the house with a camera all the time.
1: Yeah, and he carries a big, giant, you know, D3X with a, what is it, the 28 to 300 zoom? Yeah, yeah. But he's also, and he shoots at 1600 ISO all the time. Which is funny. Yeah, which cracks me up a little bit. Anyway, I I don't disagree with you that his work is amazing. I, I think that in some ways he is one of the last of the old time photo documentary photographers
0: see i 'd like to unpack this with you. I think this would be an interesting show about where where magnum and and agencies like them um are relevant today
1: i think yeah, we can talk about it more i think that it's very i think it's a very, very difficult place. You hear that crazy siren out my window yeah what is what
0: what's going on they're coming that's to get
1: you. A policeman who refuses to actually just turn it on so he's just blabbling with it um i think that this was a place in time when magazines were the mainstay and i don't know if the web can support people at this level you know hmm. there was okay. a, there was um some assignment that carter bresson went on to china for like three months he went to china and took pictures for some life magazine thing people don't do that anymore you know right some magazines not going to send me to China for three months, on their dime, just to take pictures to see what comes back. Right. That's that world is is dead. Are there people who will go on their own dime and do it, and then maybe make a book? Yeah, maybe. But it's not like you're a professional photographer and being sent on assignment like that, unless you're sent to a war zone where you're, you know, accompanying a team of people. You're some AP photographer. But even them, like, my guess or is that there's. Yeah, well, <laughs> Ann Curry. I, I feel like there's far... Well, look at that. Ann Curry's walking around with an M9 taking pictures in war zones. Do you think that your average reporter in 1950 was doing that? No. They had their photographer and that's what the photographer's job was and the reporter's job was to be a reporter. Mm-hmm. Now it's everyone's job to be everything. Oh, you're a photographer? Well, can you take some video for us too? Um, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a whole other world. The things are changing times they are changing, Jeffrey. Yes. And, and not
0: necessarily for the better when you're, when you're trying to make a living being creative.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's opportunities on one end and then there's frustrations on the other. And I think the, the answer is to, to go with the flow and figure out where niche is, you know, and then, and then that, that is not going to exist in 10 years. So you're going to have to find another one. And I don't know that it was ever any different. I just think things are moving faster now. And I think we're in a period of severe transition with content creators uh, and and content uh, dispersion. You know, I, th- I think that like vehicles of delivery, websites and magazines and TV, like all this stuff is it's such a state of flux. Right. But I don't even know if I don't think we know where it's going to end up, you know.
0: Well, and it seems that the acceleration has has <laughs> has accelerated. You know, yeah it, it, it doesn't seem like we're accelerating at a constant anymore. You know, even just a couple of years ago, you know, I, I could see, um, well, let's take, let's take on taking pictures as an example. I could see the relevance even a year or two ago of producing an on taking pictures app that has, you know, the latest things that we've talked about and maybe a link to the show and you can listen to the podcast and all this kind of stuff. But now there are so many other solutions that encompass that functionality and
1: more that why waste the development time? Yeah. Why, why have an app when you could just use Downcast or whatever?
0: Yeah, use Downcast or or Currents or, or you know, Podcast Pro or whatever it is. Uh, and I think we're seeing so many changes so rapidly that it's leaving people kind of going, well, wait a minute, I was on this trajectory to do this. I haven't even finished my plan to get here. And the, the target has already moved.
1: Yeah, no, that happens all the time. And And then your best laid plans, you know, one... I decided to sell giant prints to people for a reasonable amounts of money, and I don't sell any of those, but the thing I did is like a farce one weekend ends up having 20,000 people looking at it.
0: Right. It does, so it, it's, I, it's hard to know where the puck is going anymore. It's almost and, like and I, you
1: can't even plan anymore.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. And but he, what do you guys think? What? Is, what, what I wonder what, what kind of feedback we'll get.
1: <sighs> yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Man, what is going on outside my door right now? They're actually coming after me, I think. <laughs> I think it's true. Um, all right. Well, yeah. So uh, let's see. How can people get a hold of us? Let's wrap this thing up.
0: Uh, how about podcast at ontakingpictures.com?
1: Yeah. And they can go uh, to ontakingpictures.com slash podcast to get to the show notes.
0: Right. Uh, you can leave us a, a voicemail message. Nobody's done this yet. I'm kind of surprised about this. So one of you people, call in. We want to hear from you. 347 347- Six eight seven nine four one one. Call in and say hi, or you know, give us some feedback on what you've heard or what you'd like a, to hear.
1: That's a good idea. Um, and uh, we are on the twitters at Bill Wadman and at Jeffrey Sidoris. That's E R Y double D one R.
0: Okay, I've got to talk about one thing real quick. I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Uh, go uh, our 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 latest review on iTunes is a bad one no you you know what it is oh, uh, oh the... <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: so,
0: hold, on. hold on hold on i gotta get to it is it actually the latest get... review still uh yes okay so uh photographer by night writes a uh, five-star review and simply writes the statler and waldorf of photography enough said <laughs> you really want <laughs> now, me to do this i really do for those of you who don't know who statler and waldorf are go ahead bill
1: why do we ever come here? I guess we'll never know. It's like some kind of torture and have to watch the show. Is that what you uh, wanted? I love
0: the Muppets. How much is that going to cost us? Uh,
1: I think if I sang it, if I performed it, maybe we can get away with it.
0: All right, and it was just—you know—it was just a few seconds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the the two the two grumpy old curmudgeons from from. The Muppet Show. Uh, that's, that's what we are, car, apparently. That is my favorite review so far. All right. It's very funny.
1: So go review on iTunes and one-up that. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else before we finish up? Uh, no, no. Uh, just to,
0: to recap, if, if last week was the first time you've listened to the show, please let us know where you, you heard it or where you found it or where you linked to it. Something, because we're having a hard time figuring out where all of you came from, and, and we're glad to have you.
1: And, and Curry.
0: And Ann Curry, that's right. Ann Curry, if you're listening, Bill would love to shoot your portrait. I'm going so. you know, I'm
1: gonna contact her. You should. Yeah, I'm, I'm pouring water right now. I'm very parched. Yeah. It's hard doing uh, Muppet Voices. I <laughs> I wouldn't know. I ho Yeah, I not uh, know. All right, uh till next week. Yep, we'll see you next week.